Uh, I would totally agree with what you were saying about uh, your children, just teaching them that uh, God does not make a mistake, that you were made uh, a boy or a girl for his special purpose, that your life has meaning. Um, you know, the, the thing is, um, with God's help, I mean, you can love who you are. You can love that you're a, a boy or a girl. Like you said, as a parent, watch what your kids do. Uh, talk to your kids about what their friends might be uh, talking about, you know, especially if their friends have, a, have another mommy or another daddy. Hi, and welcome to One Little Candle, a place where genuine believers are encouraged, empowered, and inspired to be the light that God calls us to be by contending for the faith that God has entrusted once for all time to his people so that we may pass down undefiled the truth of God's infallible word to the next generation. And in case you're thinking that you can't make a difference in your own little corner of the world, Yes, you can, because all it takes is one little candle. I'm your host, Rebecca Bershwinger. Thanks for joining me for today's episode. Well, hello and how are you today? Today is the conclusion of our three-part series on the normalization of sexual immorality. If you have not listened to the first two episodes, I would encourage you to do so before listening to this part. But if not, hey, you're welcome to listen to just this part as well. But um, today we're going to continue where we left off at the end of part two. We've been talking about homosexuality. But in this episode, we're also going to talk a little bit about what the future holds, given the path that we're headed. So I hope you have enjoyed this. If you've listened to the first two already, as I had said before, I really hope it has encouraged you to, uh, and maybe it's lit a fire under you perhaps, to really educate yourself on the issue because it is a huge issue. I know there are people that would say, oh, you're picking on one sin, above all others, like it's so much worse. No, there are a lot of sins that we commit that are just detrimental to our well-being, to our relationship with God and our relationship with others. But this sin, the sin of sexual immorality, and I am focusing on the homosexuality and the transgenderism just for the mere fact that it is being used to take away people's religious freedoms, to persecute, to falsely label. Um, it's being used as an excuse to hate those who disagree with them. And it really is tearing apart lives. It's tearing apart families. It is pulling people away from God and to the devil himself. In the name of love and tolerance, it is a sin where um, one side says, you embrace this or else, okay? It's a sin that is attacking our scriptures at every angle, although I'd say unsuccessfully, but they sure as heck are trying. Um, but when you know God's truth and you stand in God's truth and you're very familiar with it and it's etched in your heart and your mind, you can easily spot the lies because you're looking at stuff through God's eyes. You're looking at it through a biblical lens. So I really encourage you to please listen to this episode, share the series with, with people that you feel might really benefit from it, and start being more 
um, attuned to what is going on around you, especially those of you that have children and especially those of you that have children in the public school system. All right. Anyway, here we go. Part three of the normalization of sexual immorality. So we're kind of focusing a little bit more, I think I already mentioned this, on the subject of homosexuality, just because of all the implications, um, you know, that it has right now in our society, all the things we're seeing that are stemming from the legalization of same-sex marriage. And we talked, right, Paige, we talked desensitizing. Yes. I think we all suffer from a certain amount of desensitization Mm -hmm. because of everything around us, because it's so prevalent. It's so talked about. It's so celebrated. Again, you, you can't not be exposed to it. Right. Young and old. Um, yeah, just with, go ahead. I just saw a commercial this morning and, uh, saw two guys kissed. I bet <laughs> you did. Mm-hmm. I was yeah. just, uh, I was set back and I'm like, I just, you know, I know our society and, uh, and me personally, there has definitely been some desensitization, sorry. Yep, I know. Um, that's a real <laughs> say that one five times fast. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Can't even say it once. I know. <laughs> like, like, okay, so I, like, even out in public, I mean, I I've seen two girls hold hands, and I, I've gotten to the point where that does not bother me near as much. <laughs> um, but when I like that kiss, that really, that really took me back. Yeah, you know, that really took me back. Yeah. And to be honest, for me, and I don't know why, because one is just as wrong as the other. The Bible clearly condemns it for both sexes. But for me, it's even more um, disturbing when it's between two men than between two women. And I think it's because normally women tend to be more physically affectionate anyway. Yes. You know, hugs and, and kisses or whatever, but not sexually. So, yeah, I, I totally, totally get it. But, I, yeah, I remember the first time we went to Provincetown and Cape Cod on our honeymoon, which Provincetown is, you know, that's been a, a big-time homosexual resort area or community for years. Mm-hmm. And being exposed to it in real time back then and just so, so appalled, really, yeah. um, trying not to to look, you know, and look the other way and but yeah the desensitization for sure has has really affected us and it is such a stumbling block it's such a stumbling block i'm seeing for the people that claim the name of christ and so i again have been doing some some digging on these things and i've experienced it in my own family i think i started to tell you this story earlier on and then i stopped i thought well we'll, we'll save it and i had a family member um have a, a same sex wedding ceremony this summer. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I spoke to my family members and pleaded with them, a couple of them, my, my closest ones to please not attend. And we talked about the scriptures and, and I'm talking, by the way, people who claim the name of Christ. Okay. They say that they believe, um, homosexual activity is indeed sinful, but yet when it came to this wedding, and again, I shared all the scriptures as to as to why, you know, she shouldn't, as someone who claims the name of Christ, should not be attending. And um, they went anyway. And we were the only ones that didn't go. 
Um, technically, we weren't invited. Well, we were. We got to save the date. Right. And one of my children said to her relative that was getting married, said, I, you know, not to bother inviting my husband and I because we definitely would not attend. And the girl said she was going to invite my husband and I anyway, but they ended up not inviting us, which to me was a huge favor. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) They knew we would not come. You know, we didn't. Um, So I guess it saved me having to say no. I mean, we would have said it anyway, politely. But everyone went. And so out come the pictures on Facebook. I, you know, I see them on Facebook a while later and there are my family members uh, applauding. Mm. literally applauding, you know, people who say they love God, (laughs) applauding this ceremony and just, you know, the photography, just the way everything was done, just acting as though it's, it's a opposite sex marriage. It's a heterosexual union, you know, and trying to normalize it and like, it's okay. And, And everyone just acquiescing for whatever reason. I, I think for some people, they, it makes them feel good about themselves. You know, oh, well, we're, we're with the times. We're not narrow-minded. Yeah. You know, yeah. We, we're, yeah. we're, we're accepting, we're inclusive. You know, that, that's a pride thing right there. Mm-hmm. Um, some, I think it's a fear of not being liked or being rejected if they take a stand. And some maybe, and probably many believe it's okay. okay. Right. Um, although one, one uh, former homosexual clearly said to me, she goes, no, Rebecca, they know it's wrong. Yeah, deep down inside, right. they all know, but but even the parents of this this girl, um, you know, the mom was very upset when she found out that her daughter was seeing another girl. But guess mm. what happened over time? And it's mm-hmm. the same old story. Well, I just want you know, it makes her happy, right? Her her <laughs> girlfriend makes her happy. I just want our daughter to be happy, and if if they love each other, when who are we? And and plus, they they sought out people who were going to make them feel better about what their daughter was doing. Right. They kind of avoided the other way. <laughs> they, they went right. to someone who they knew would um, help make them feel better and okay. So even you see parents giving in to this thing because they want their kids to be happy. And you and I, Paige, know that there's a lot that makes us happy that God says is wrong and Correct. it's bad, right? Yeah. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh. So that's, that's not to me a reason. Um, as the saying goes, God cares about not so much our happiness, but our holiness. And so what makes her daughter happy is something that's going to destroy her if she doesn't repent and turn from this sin, unfortunately. But it was heartbreaking to see close family members who know better having mm-hmm. attended. So, you know, you, you, you can blame the church or those that are within the church that claim to be part of the church for a lot of what's happening. And no one wants to take a stand on this issue. Well, I mean, obviously the, the church has really gotten away from talking about sin and about, about hell. So, I mean, I, I could see why the church is kind of uh, giving in and affirming the uh, homosexuality topic. But like, uh, you know, there's the saying that says, um, sin is pleasurable for a season, but sin will drag you straight to hell. Amen. (laughs) And, you know, it's just, um, uh, I I had a friend who, uh, whose daughter said she was gay and she was in a relationship for, you know, a couple of years. And 
my friend, the mother, was uh, very distraught over it. Now, my friend was uh, not a real strong Christian, so she, over time she kind of uh, grew to accept it. But um, the daughter finally decided to leave that relationship and wound up uh, being a heterosexual and getting engaged to a, a, a guy. But my friend really struggled with the, her daughter's relationship to the other girl. You're right. The church is so afraid. I, I What was it called? It's called Christian Headlines. Have you heard mm-hmm. of that? No. And they have these Christian headlines. And one of the postings they had was six female celebrities who are openly Christian mm-hmm. or practicing their faith. And they named some of them. And I just like to maybe talk about three of them because because there's a problem. And, you know, first of all, in posting that someone's a Christian, because I'm, I'm not quite sure on these young women because of their stance on things. But also, if they if they are Christians, only God knows for sure. Right. If they are Christians, true Christians, they better be careful because the message that they're sending isn't good. And um, two of them are Hallmark movie actresses. One oh, wow. is Lacey, Lacey Chabert. Mm-hmm. I've heard their stances on stuff before, which is what made me dig a little bit more into it. Because as you know, Hallmark had decided a couple years ago to start having more diverse storylines, as they call it, and having same-sex couples as lead characters in their movies. Mm-hmm. But I notice that um, these actresses, they don't really take a stance when asked about this inclusivity you know Lacey Chabert said I think that Hallmark has done a wonderful job of telling stories that everyone can relate to and I think they continue to try harder and strive to do that even more I always try to bring stories to life that have characters that people can see themselves in and all the different challenges of life Chabert continued noting that she believes Hallmark is expanding on that and telling stories that are deeper Mm. and so they kind of skirt around the issue, and then you have Candace Cameron Beret when they brought Full House back. Yes, and then they alluded to they had a, a young man on there who was very much gay, very flamboyant gay, and then they had Stephanie, um, mm-hmm. the character Stephanie, come out as having supposedly dated a girl. Mm. So in response to these things, Candace says she supports quote unquote all things that we go through as human beings. She also said she would love the characters in the show to explore whatever issues that are current in our culture and our society today, (laughs) you know? And so two of the writers of that show are gay of the Fuller House show, which by the way, is not on anymore. And it was a Netflix series. Right. Um, But this website called the advocate interviewed Nicholas Fascatelli, I think is his name. I don't know how to say it. One Mm -hmm. of the two writers about the show's rainbow editions and Candace Cameron's reaction. And so then they talked about how they, had this young boy come on there as, as gay and said that um, the, the people interviewing said the show star Candace Cameron is politically conservative. <laughs> Does she have any reaction to Casey, Casey, the very gay character? And he said, Candace is indeed a conservative, but she will surprise you. I'll admit I was a little nervous about how she would react at the table read, but she loved the story and was great about everything. And he he goes on to say, to me, Casey, the gay character, is mostly significant because he's on a show with Candace, hopefully people who look to her as a leader 
And there are many will think a little differently about this type of gay person now that he's in DJ's home. Ugh. He said, I think, yeah. yeah. So this, this is what these girls that are saying they're Christian, they're really walking a, a thin line there. You know, they're, they're, they're playing with fire. Right. Um, there was also a statement apparently in a 2016 interview where Candace had said that her views on religious freedom would not affect how she would handle an LGBT storyline on Fuller House. And then the other uh, person that they mentioned being um, publicly Christian was Carrie Underwood. Mm -hmm. But again, Carrie Underwood is another supporter of same-sex marriage. Oh boy, She was raised in a Baptist church and she says her religion actually has caused her to have... <laughs> Oh, <laughs> this, this attitude, she says her liberal, liberal attitude towards same sex marriage comes because of her Christian values rather than in spite of them, though oh. raised a Baptist. She says our church is gay friendly above all. God wanted us to love others. It's not about setting rules or everyone has to be like me. No, we're all different. That's what makes us special. We have to love each other and get on with each other. It's not up to me to judge anybody. Mm. What are your thoughts oh. on that? comment page <laughs> oh my um well you know um the bible says uh, you know in matthew that uh we will know them by their fruits right that's a tough one because and the reason why i say tough is i know there will be homosexuals in heaven and what i mean by that there will be forgiven homosexuals who are not practicing homosexuality behavior mm-hmm they will have the temptations, but they will not be acting out per se. But to answer that question about judging, um, the non-believer is already condemned. So when I like when I witness to a person, especially if I know it's a, a homosexual, um, I make homosexuality a part of the sexual immorality. Because I, I want to try to keep the conversation uh, pleasant and engaging. And when, when, I, when I mean pleasant, I mean, I know there's going to be a, a time where they may get offended. Um, but that's, you know, I, I can't, that's not my power to make them not offended. Because the gospel is offending to somebody who doesn't believe. But when I'm witnessing to people... When I talk about uh, homosexuality, I envelop it in that sexual immorality. I never point out that homosexuality is a sin unless they ask. Then I'll say, yes, homosexuality is a sin it, because it, it is under the umbrella of sexual immorality. Mm -hmm. And there's and plenty I, of heterosexual immorality. <laughs> exactly, exactly, exactly. The way the way the society is going, I mean, the, the next thing is going to be bestiality. I hate to say that, but you know, I, I'm I'm not really yeah, foretelling the maybe, anything. Yeah, that that along with pedophilia, <laughs> interesting yes. to see which which one comes first. You know what I mean? Oh my word, yes. <sighs> so yeah, yeah I, I you're right, you're right, and and it is, and um, we we kind of went with the other sexual sins a little quicker, um, because I this is kind of what's led us to here. Yeah. But I think we're a mess right now. Um, oh, yeah. as a yes. society for sure because of it. And it's it's part of the progression. We're not stopping it at homosexuality that we know. And that's why we didn't want this to get this far to begin with. So, but yeah, that caught my attention though, that article there, you know, Patricia Heaton was another one they mentioned who also comes out in support of, of gay marriage. Mm. So I just have to say, you know, <laughs> 
think about what the Bible says. They sound right. very culturally Christian. Mm -hmm. um, yes. I'm not so sure about mm -hmm. biblically Christian. So, do you remember when Lauren Daigle, when she was questioned by uh, the interviewer, she was on, I forgot what exactly what it was. She had just come out with uh, one of her albums, and and it might have been they might have been talking about uh, her um, her appearing on the Ellen DeGeneres show, mm -hmm. and the interviewer. Uh, I think this was a radio interview. The interviewer asked Lauren Daigle if she thought that homosexuality was a sin, and Lauren Daigle never said it was a sin. It's like she never really answered the question. Mm -hmm. They're that afraid. I, that I remember. They're afraid to. Yeah, and, yeah. and to me, yeah, yes. I would feel very let down. You should never be ashamed yeah. to stand up for what God says is wrong. You know, we're supposed to love what he loves and hate what he hates. Right. To me, her silence speaks volumes. Um, yes. it, it, it says acceptance, you know, but, but again, you know, Patricia Heaton's and the Carrie Underwood's and the Lacey Chabert's guys, if you're going to claim the name of Christ, you have to speak. You have to stand in his truths, all of them. Right. I don't care what the world thinks, you, you know, homosexuality, same-sex marriage, that it's okay is the world's stance. That is not God's stance, nor should it be the Christian's stance. It should never right. be their stance. Yeah. You know, and as the Bible reminds us that he who loves the world, I think it's first John two 15 on um, he who loves the world, the love of the father is not in him. Right. And we also have the verse to be a friend of the world is to be an enemy of God. And I think they want to be friends with the world, their careers, you know, they're worried about their careers because look how people are treated when they don't agree right, with the, <laughs> the homosexual lifestyle. Mm. So that just kind of, I guess you could say it made me sad too to see that, you know, everything is being celebrated, normalized. We've normalized mm -hmm. adultery. We've normalized cohabitation. We've normalized even pornography and we've changed how the names sound. We, we've changed definitions and we make everything sound less uh, wrong, less evil, less harsh. Um, we went from sodomites to gay. <laughs> Seriously <laughs> though, um, yeah. you know, um, it's not pornography, it's adult entertainment. And now yeah. we have people, including licensed psychologists, pushing to, to get rid of the pedophile and change it to minor attracted. So yeah. here we go. We're continuing <laughs> on that slippery slope. Mm -hmm. um, I had a little it's an article here, actually. It says normalizing pedophilia is the next logical stage of rebellion. Mm. It's from um, Freedom Project Media and uh, Dave Fiorazzo wrote it. And obviously we know sexual immorality is nothing new under the sun. Right. But he's talking about someone by the name of Alan Walker, who's calling for destigmatizing pedophilia or mm. MAP. They call it MAP, minor attracted people. Mm. So this Alan Walker identifies as queer and non-binary trans and said, he said in an interview, there's no morality or immorality attached to attraction to anyone because no one can control who they're attracted to. In other <sighs> words, wait, wait for it. The guy says they're born that way. <laughs> and the article says it's true. We all have temptations to sin that we ought not to act on. But this naive view of human nature is deceptive. The Bible states that we reap what we sow, that the heart of mankind is wicked. 
Jesus said, whoever lusts for another person has committed adultery with them in his heart. Right. America had been prepped decades ago for postmodernism and a new era of sexual behavior and expression. People began accepting immoral ideas and lifestyles that used to be called sins. Hmm. Though this rebellion and sexual perversion were not new historically, they had to be accepted and normalized. It says the increase of adultery and abortion came first, which helped set the stage for pornography, homosexuality, transgenderism, drag queen story hours, and of course, pedophilia. The progression has been clear. Reject Jesus and truth. Indoctrinate kids. Mm -hmm. Promote promiscuity. Win over the culture. Normalize perversion. No more shame. Celebrate pride. Wow. It was inevitable, it says, once black-robed elites on the Supreme Court endorsed same-sex unions just six short years ago, many of us warned about the consequences of their decision. That slippery slope rapidly became a downhill drag race <laughs> to destruction. Uh, American conservative writer Ron Dreher warned about labeling pedophilia as just one more sexual orientation. He states, because if it ever came to that, we are halfway to legalizing it, following the same path that homosexuality took. If sexual desire is the equivalent of identity, and if to sexually desire minors is at the core of one's identity, then how can we stigmatize or otherwise suppress pedophiles if we recognize that other kinds of sexual minorities have civil rights? Wow. <laughs> it says pedophilia wow. is simply the next, yeah, the next logical step for some in the regression of God-ordained natural marriage and sexual intimacy. In fact, a new word has been created to dilute the depravity of pedophilia. It's called pedosexual. So. Wow. It, I mean, it, it's almost like society is becoming this hedonistic viewpoint or um, way of thinking that mm -hmm. rape will no, no longer be a crime. You know, it, yeah. uh, you can, you can just see us falling apart. Yeah. You know, we're, and wasn't, um, there was something with, uh, that when a society starts to become homosexual, uh, the family starts to deteriorate and there goes the society. Mm -hmm. And it is. Look at, we're, we're seeing it. And yeah. we're so, so many angry, angry young people. Yeah. Angry people. Everybody, you see it on the roads. Everyone yeah. is angry and aggressive now. They got yeah. no moral compass. Yep. You know, wow. um, they're just, it's an angry society that's the lawlessness is increasing as we know people are really acting out in their anger i think more than ever before um yeah we are really decaying and uh it, it's just it's just so sad to to see this you know right but i i want to take a little bit of time to talk about schools and mm -hmm. children because we talked about the normalization and parents, you have children in school, you need to really keep an eye on this. But there are so many books out there, <gasps> LGBT books, that are for six months old on up. Wow. Okay. Talk about kid, grooming. <laughs> yes. I, I kid wow. you not, Paige. I kid you not. Like they have the rainbow, a first book of pride. All these books look so innocent. You know, when, when you look at them, they have all these little pictures and and they, they kind of lump in this this acceptance along with people that are of color mm -hmm. or in a wheelchair. 
you know, mm. disabled. Um, they're they're lumping them all into this category when it comes to acceptance. You know, love is love, and we mm. even have a story about gay penguins. <laughs> you know, yes, they're they're using it through um, animals too. Wow, yeah. Anything there's to one, get to kids. Yeah, there's one about a, a, a transgender fox or wow. something. <laughs> just, and I told you the one, I I think I had spoken to you about that, the ones that my daughter had gotten for yeah. her her students who are learning the English language, and they're all bright, colorful pictures, and they seem wonderful books about celebrating our differences but then when you look there there's the two mommies when they talk about the families and there's a mm -hmm. a boy dressing up with a pink boa mm. so there's there's just all these things um i was looking for some of these screens we have daddy papa and me and wow. there's a there's a picture of two men holding up a baby and the baby's giggling and you know so so happy and uh yeah. wow what's the name of this book here the, the fox. It was um, Vincent the Vixen. <laughs> a story to help children learn about gender identity. Wow. And it's funny because it says, you know how they have the book description here? It says part of truth entails children's books. Truth? Oh, truth, exactly. Um, there's no truth in that book at all. So. No. <laughs> But again, they seem so innocent. So here's the book description. Vincent is a fox who was assigned male at birth, but who knows they are actually a girl. With the help of family and friends, Vincent begins to understand their gender identity and the importance of accepting and being authentic to who they truly are. This is part of a series of books for children aged four to eight. Wow. Ages four, four to eight. eight. Four to eight, Paige. Wow. That's scary. Wow. We have Jack, not Jackie. My shadow is pink. Are you a boy or a girl? Rainbow Village. Just, <laughs> they, they <laughs> seem so innocent. Well, you know, going back to that book, The Vixen Fox, is that what it was yes. called? Yes. Yeah. So I'm looking at for Vixen. And of course, the first one it says it's a female fox, but then informal, it says a spirited or fierce woman, especially one seen as sexually attractive yeah that's right i'm just i mean we're laughing because it's so unbelievable it's not funny but yes. um here's the this book age three to seven years a lovely sensitive much needed book that helps all children ask the big questions about identity and gender it's an author the author of um this book is gay it says a uh, Tiny loves costumes. Tiny likes to dress up as an animal or a doctor or a butterf butterfly. Tiny also prefers not to tell other children whether they are a boy or a girl. Tiny's friends don't mind, but when Tiny starts a new school, their new friends can't help asking one question. Tiny, are you a boy or, or are you a girl? <laughs> <laughs> this brightly illustrated book will open a dialogue with children age three and up about gender diversity in a fun and creative way. Featuring a gender-neutral protagonist, the book imparts an important message about identity and being what you want to be. Tiny Story will assist parents, family, and teachers in giving children the space to express themselves fully, explore different identities, and have fun at the same time. Mm. Well, that, wow. I mean, that, Isn't that's... that sweet? Wow. Yeah. That is evil. Yeah. Evil in full disguise, you know? Right. Yeah. How can a three-year-old make a decision about who they are? Uh, as far as whether a boy or a girl, they can't. Right. 
like, I mean, you, you can point out, you know, their private parts and say, okay, boys have this, girls have this. Um, but if anything, you are just confusing these, these kids and that's child abuse. Yes. It um, is. wow. That's just, that's, that's going to come back and, and just bite our society. I think. Wow. Big time. And God help the teachers. Yeah. that are putting these in, okaying this in the schools and reading it to the kids and the people that are putting it in the libraries and the parents that are allowing this, mm. God help them because they are really, like you said, that that is child abuse. They're, they're basically in the process of trying to pervert these children. Yeah. <sighs> so those are just some of the, um, the books there. It's again, I find it very, very disturbing. Of course, yes. Because because these are going to be our, our leaders in years to come, these babies. And of course, maybe we won't be here, but the generation after them, what what is that going to be like? You know, if there's mass confusion as to whether you're a male or a female and you can't you say you can't tell the difference, that's just going to be so chaotic. It already is, right? <laughs> I know, right. Yeah. People we, we have chaos. There there is no order. Right. Anymore. Mm. It's chaos. People don't know what sex they are, you know. Right. But yeah, so there's a two to six year old book here. It's okay to be different. Um, my two moms and me, there's two women holding two babies with a double stroller. There's another one, age one to four years. Love is knowing where everything is. And there's a picture of a mom looking under the bed to help her little boy find the rest of what he wants to wear. Mm -hmm. And he is standing there in his shorts and his T-shirt, but he's also putting on a woman's hat and women's heels. Mm. That's listed in the LGBT books. Um, Love is waking up bright and early. And these two kids come run into the bedroom, you know, playing their musical instruments and making noise. And there's the uh, the two fathers waking up in bed. Mm -hmm. um, wow. mm. You know, like like. Normal kids would run into a parent's bedroom and stuff and wake them up, but it's two men. Wow. But yeah, the way they have the family book, you know, some families are big, some are small. And again, they sneak in the, you know, some families have two moms or two dads. They, they sneak these things in amongst all the other stuff. Mm. So watch the books that your kids are reading, guys. They may look to be one thing on the cover. You need mom and dad, grandparents, whoever, <laughs> teachers. Mm that aren't out of their ever loving minds in promoting right. this, you need to look at each and every page. You need to check those books from cover to cover before you allow your kids to see them, have access to them or read them or whatever. Right. You need to protect them from this garbage. Mm. Really do. So that was a few there. There's hundreds more mm. just so you know. Yes. Anyway, sorry, I'm doing all the talking here. Paige, go ahead. Shut me up. Shut me up. Well, like both of my kids are out of uh, school, so I, I don't have the experience like you do. I know down here in Dallas, there's been, in the Dallas Metroplex, there's been big time talking about uh, the schools that are, I'm sorry, the books that are allowed in the, in the, the school's libraries. And a lot of the uh, parents are trying to get many of those books removed. And I know, I can't remember which, which school district it was, but recently, like in the last six months, one school district decided to remove uh, the Bible as well because of its offensive. Wow. Yeah. yeah. 
but they usher in all these other books in its place, right? right? Yeah. Oh my gosh, exactly. that's awful. That's awful, Paige. Yeah. The, the, the book of life, the book that can give people hope and peace and yeah. it can save their souls from eternal damnation. You know, the, the book that, talk about a book of um, inclusivity. <laughs> that's right. the book yeah. of all books of inclusivity. <laughs> Jesus died for all walks of life. Right. And, um, yes. Mm. And, you know, we're all one in Christ Jesus. We're all his children, those that are his. Mm -hmm. um, you want to talk about inclusivity, but yeah, that's, that's crazy. As, mm. And I don't know, I, I follow Truth Talk TV on uh, Instagram, but there's a picture there. And by the way, this is a box of Fruit Loops, just so you know. <laughs> <laughs> it's a box of Fruit Loops. And on the side of it, you have, what was his name? Toucan yeah. Sam? Was that Toucan his name? Sam. He's there, and underneath it says, he, him, she, her, they, them, add your own. Oh, <laughs> oh it, my. And then it says at the bottom of the box, boxes are for cereal, not people. <laughs> See, God, wow. put God, um, if you want to call it putting in boxes, that's fine. Okay. Yep. God, God put boxes around us. Or he gave us boundaries. Okay. Yes. Because he knows us. He knows that it's never enough. The flesh is never satisfied. Mm. And yeah. if he didn't yeah. put sexual boundaries for us, um, this is what happens. See, yes. when we yeah, step exactly. out of them, there you go. Yeah. Now we know why God gave us boundaries. Right. Um, because now people don't even know what sex they are and they foolishly believe that it's fluid. Mm. You know, they've, they went from two genders to hundreds. It never ends. You know, a lot of this is just based on whatever I feel like today, especially if they feel like they're a fluid gender, um, and feelings are feelings. That's, you know, there's, there's nothing factual to a feeling, um, and feelings change daily. Um, the, when I was, uh, leading Bible study for high schoolers, I would tell them that, you know, feelings are fleeting, but God's word is factual and it never changes. So make sure you're grounded in something that never changes and that's God's word. So, you yeah. know, uh, mm. good teaching there, Paige. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And you're right. And feelings are fickle. Yes. There's another F word, right? <laughs> <laughs> fleeting, fickle, um, and they're they're not always reality, right? They're fantasy. There's another F word. Fantasy, yes, yeah, very <laughs> I good. Don't know. <laughs> Trying to <laughs> stick with the theme here, no. But anyway, um, yes, feelings are not dictators of reality. They're just they're just not. And to let your feelings turn into your truth, yeah. And try to even switch science to match feelings. That's just that's the definition of insanity, right there. Amen. Yes. Depravity. Yes. Depravity. Yep. Right. Depraved thinking. Exactly. Um, it's just crazy. So yeah. So we have our progression. Um, I started to mention polyamory. Oh yeah. Yes. And they are working very hard to normalize that now. Mm. Okay. Wow. Yes. Um, and I have here an article from the Washington Post. There was a reverend. Um, his name is Reverend Brendan. Let me see. I'm trying to find it real quick. And he came out. He, he's um, a progressive pastor. I think that's what you call him. Mm -hmm. This was about almost about a year ago. He was making a recording for his congregation. 
and his congregation has um, gay and lesbians attending his church. And he has come out and said, your polyamorous relationship is holy. <laughs> oh. oh my gosh. Yeah. This is sad. This is, yes. this is again, here's this, this progression, you know, and was it you that mentioned that? How um, a judge, I think you did yes. a while back yes. that um, yes. a judge had said, well, you know, we may have to start looking into the fact that marriage isn't just two people. So, yes. so here we go. But yes, the Washington Post, which is a very leftist paper, I don't tend to read it, but um, there's a reason I had, had come across this article, but they did a feature on a thruple, Cody, Maggie, and Janie are their names. Okay. Wow. Uh-huh. So it says, uh, let's see, they've been together, Cody and Maggie have been, and the, Cody's 31, Maggie is 28. They've been together for six years, married for four. Janie is Cody's girlfriend of more than five years. She's also Maggie's girlfriend. They all work in construction and design. Mm. So they basically, you know, talk about what the thruple is. Um, ref it reflects an old tradition. Mm -hmm. mm. <laughs> um, wow. because it was practiced in ancient Greece and Mesopotamia among European nobility and in communes. It is salted throughout the Bible and depicted in great art. <laughs> First of all, the Bible talks about those things. The Bible talks about polygamy. The Bible never once gives a nod of approval to it. As a matter of fact, you, you see where many um, were, unfortunately, that was their downfall. Yes. Was many wives. But yeah, so they talk about how they do um, everyday life. Right. You know, that like all relationships, theirs is no different. It needs to be cared for and nurtured. Um, mm. You know, and, and here's here's how they navigate around some of these challenges. It's, it's just an everyday life like everybody else's, it says. It involves laundry and utility bills, mm -hmm. cleaning, deciding who's going to do what. And um, Cody says, when I'm completely overwhelmed and need a partner to be supportive and loving, I now have two. It doesn't fall on one person, he says. Wow. Conversely, when I'm not in a good place and I don't want to be around anyone, I'm not the everything for one person. Sometimes the girls apparently get a night to themselves and there's no guilt on my end about basically abandoning someone. <laughs> um, so, yeah, they talk about this house that they're fixing up, having to work from home during the pandemic. and paying the bills, blah, 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 blah. Right. You know, just, just all this stuff. Like I said, you, stuff that you would talk about a married couple. Right. Man wow. and woman doing. And then it, they talked about the bed arrangements. For, for for them, three people in one bed doesn't always make for a, a sound night of rest. Cody and Janie snore. Maggie talks in her sleep. Um, consequently, two bedrooms are essential. One is furnished with a king size bed, the other with a clean with a queen. Each night they decide who sleeps where. <laughs> oh. um, mm -hmm. So yeah, and I guess they have a quite the TikTok following. Mm. Big time TikTok <laughs> following. Um, and it talks about how they air their grievances on Sundays. They take time. So with three people, communication is important. They go on to talk about. Um, but again normalizing it right. as though it's a normal family. And, you know, they talk about uh, when Maggie and Cody finally received their 2020 tax refund, they plan to buy Janie a ring. So this was written back apparently before 2020 <clears throat> an engagement mm -hmm. ring of sorts. The ring is a symbol, a celebration of our love and commitment. Janie wow. says they hope to hold a 
a ceremony on their thruppledom in autumn 2023. Meanwhile, they await the completion of the house, possibly in March. Then they will move again. With any luck, it will be their last for a while. And um, some fix, yeah. some house fixer-upper or whatever show contacted them and wanted to do a series on them as well in the guise of, you know, people uh, renovating a house, but they just happened to be in That's trouble. Wow. Another attempt at normalizing it. Um, yes. It's very sad. And I can, I can tell you that the one, one of the um, people in this thruple relationship grew up in a Christian household. Mm. So wow. It just, yeah. Um, it's sad. It's, it's right. very sad. So, I'm sure they have children's books probably out. Matter of fact, I think they do. I when I, I came across that in the children's books, they have children's books out about that too. About a thruple? Yeah. Oh. So um it's I don't know. I don't know, Paige. <laughs> <laughs> I mean I just but here we are. Yeah. I never thought I would see this in my day, you know, all this uh sexual immorality that we've that we're seeing, especially with everything that we have discussed, you know, just more and more of it. And hmm. it's grieved me in a lot of ways. Like I said, it, it's affected my own family. Right. You know, this, this whole thing with same sex marriage and stuff. It's uh, I've watched a lot of people make a big mistake, mm -hmm. big mistake. Um, because as we know, if you're applauding something, you might as well be participating in the act. Right. You're just as guilty, guilty by association, right? Exactly. You're just as guilty when you don't stand for it. You're either for me or against me, God says. Right. You have to pick one. And so it really, it makes me sad to see um, loved ones, the mistake that they made by doing this from the parents of the girl to the girls themselves and the people that attended. People are caving left and right. And it's so sad. Yeah, well, I know recently uh, one of the churches down here, T.D. Jakes, and I'm not, not trying to change the subject, but one of the uh, Democratic runners for governor was invited to his church and was celebrated. And this governor on TV has promoted uh, health care for women. <laughs> you know, the, <laughs> mm -hmm. so it, like if he stands for that, you know, I know he's he's very liberal. And, um, you know, we have a church, um, a mega church come out and is endorsing him, which is basically the same as approving of what he's doing, you know, applauding. So here we go. Yep. Yeah. Every, every day. It seems like every day there's someone else who is just falling to it. Yes. And, but people yep. believe that because unfortunately people have this mindset that, well, because there's so many people that do, then it must be okay. You right. know, if, if you know, if you know God and you know God's word, you know that whatever the world is running to, you need yeah. to run from. Yes. Exactly. That's a sign that it's bad. And, you know, I saw someone had written an article too in favor of same-sex marriage and they were saying, well, you know, the reason that the Bible condemned these things is not because of the act them itself, but because the pagans, you know, they were practicing these things in their idolatrous worship, in their idolatry. Mm -hmm. They were practicing these things in the pagan temples, and God didn't want them doing what they were doing. And I'm like, do you hear yourself? 
as you write this, sir, because I don't know what point he's trying to make, because the point is, yes, they're doing these things because they're wicked. Right. Wicked yeah. people do those things. Right. Um, people that don't know God, they engage in those activities yes. and they think they're okay. You can't, there's no separation. Am I making sense? There's no separating line between the two. Right. Yes. I would agree with you. And it's like, you're kind of making my making the case against it, if anything, mister. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, say, well, well, no, it's not that there's anything wrong with homosexuality, you know, with that lifestyle or, or any of those things. It's it's the fact that these, the pagan people were practicing these things in their pagan temples. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> because they know not God. Right. Yeah. But but anyway, I just I thought that was a weird kind of way to try to argue for um, same sex relationships. <laughs> yeah, I mean, because I, I had somebody who was also uh, he, he considers himself a uh, not an ex Christian. He still considers himself a Christian, uh, but he is an ex pastor, and he has uh, he's in a homosexual relationship. And so we got on to the subject of homosexuality. And I said, you know, it goes totally against what uh, God stands for. And that's the reason why he destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah. And he, he came out and said, no, it was because of hospitality. And I said, well, not, you know, no, uh, if you reread your Bible, um, mm -hmm. uh, they take that, they take that one little part right, and then run with it. Yes. Well, then, then he, he said exactly what you said, where, their ritual was a homosexual act. And I said, well, your hermeneutics are incorrect. Um, and I said, the reason why God destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah was because of the homosexuality there. It, it was a Instagram discussion. So I, you know, I, I, I knew it was going to be turning into an argument and it was my word against his word. So Rebecca, when it really comes down to it is it's God's word. Do they believe in the authority of God's word? And if they don't, which he obviously doesn't, then they're going to make it say what, whatever they want it to say. Um, they'll cherry pick. They'll find verses that will back up what they think is correct. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So that was Ezekiel, by the way, 16 verse 49. Behold, this was the guilt of your sister Sodom. She and her daughters had pride, excess of food, and prosperous ease, but did not aid the poor and needy. That was the, the ESV version. And then it goes on to say in 1650, verse 50, they were haughty and did an abomination before me. Or some say did, did um, detestable things. Okay. Yeah. Um, and what does God call homosexuality? He says it's detestable. He says it's an abomination. And it says, so I removed them when I saw it. So, yeah, that's just, again, and if it was about hospitality, um, when we heard Lot say, please don't do this wicked thing, you know, he wasn't calling being inhospitable something wicked. Right. You know, he was talking about their sexual immorality, the fact that these men and boys there apparently yes. all wanted to have um, to have at those two other men there. So, again, <laughs> if they just read the rest of the Bible... <laughs> Compare scripture with scripture. Like you said, you had a good point. What did you say? They don't believe in the authority of uh, God, of scripture. Yes. Or that it's not relevant 
to yeah. today. Yeah. I think it's good the way you take the time to engage with people because these are tough subjects, especially when you, you, you know, online, when you're trying to do that, it's so easy for someone to take something the wrong way through text. Yes. Because yeah. you don't have all the other necessary components of communication. <laughs> right. So right. God bless you for that, Paige, no. really, because um, that's that's tough. It is tough. And 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 it it's such a different conversation if it was if it were to be face to face. It's very easy to um miscommunicate. Um, I may not be saying this correctly, but it's very difficult to try not to uh, create a misunderstanding because you, you don't have the inflections of the voice. Like you said, the other means of communication is missing. So yeah, yeah, it's it's tough having those conversations online. So got the Holy Spirit with you and, yes. and helping you, helping you do that. Oh. So yeah, that's pretty much where we've, we've come to here. The, we kind of went through the progression into where we're at today and to where we're headed. Inevitably, everything that's been predicted has happened so far and everything that's predicted to yet happen will happen. Mm -hmm. You can't open, what's the saying, Pandora's box. Again, we don't know where to draw the limit in fallen man in his flesh. We opened that door. Uh, we attacked the boundaries that God set for us sexually. Mm -hmm. And when I say his flesh is never satisfied, I'm talking about the fallen part of man. Yes. Um, we have, of course, Christians. As Christians, we've been redeemed by the blood of Jesus. We're in the mm -hmm. process of sanctification, but we are also still in our fallen flesh. Mm -hmm. um, and Christians, that's what we need to be careful too. We can be prone to these things too as we've mm -hmm. seen. The, but the flesh, especially the unredeemed flesh, it wants more and it wants more and it wants more. Right. It's, the more it craves, the more it's going to be willing to do what it can to get what it craves. And it keeps going and it just doesn't stop. Yeah. It doesn't stop. And God, God knew this. Mm -hmm. I have uh, more information on pornography. Go for you know, it. I, I told you I, I was going to look up um, that video. Yeah, and I can I can send you the link um, when you're ready. But it's called "The Power of Pornography: Protecting Yourself in a Pornified World," and it's by Tim Barnett. And Tim Barnett uh, works for Stand for Reason, but he made um, some really good points. Um, there is a book. It's called "Wired for Intimacy," and there's a neuroscientist that gives his. Uh, his information in there. The gentleman's name is William Strathers. And he says with repeated sexual acting out in the absence of a partner, a man will be bound and attached to the image and not a person. And so when they see images over and over again, that that is exciting sexually dopamine is released when you, um, when you watch porn, you know, it's a feel good hormone. So the more you watch it, the more you crave watching the images and you desire, you, you can't just watch that old image anymore because that's not exciting anymore. You have to go into a different sexual position or a different person in a sexual act. Um, it has to be something different. And so what happens is the person becomes addicted to watching porn this way. And so what happens is uh, when this dopamine is released, I'm probably going to butcher this, but uh, it's it's called neuro neuroplasticity. 
our brain kind of starts to change. Um, what's the word? Uh, Gets rewired, they say. Yeah. Yes, hardwired yes. differently. Yeah. Yes. But there's hope. So if it, if it gets rewired after watching sexual images all the time, it can actually reverse itself and get rewired differently. Again, if you stop watching pornography. Um, so, so that's, that's encouraging to hear that if a person is addicted to pornography, it can be changed where they can, well, obviously with the help of God, they can break that addiction and engage in loving relationships with people again. And that may take some time, but that's why Paul says in first Corinthians six to flee from sexual immorality, you know, especially with pornography. I wanted to add that to the porn subject we talked about. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Because it probably for those caught up in it, it probably seems hopeless. Yes. I can't imagine. I, I just can't. It's yeah. just so sad. Like you said, flee from it. The Bible says flee from it. Yeah, it says every other sin a person commits is outside the body, but the sexually immoral person sins against his own body. Mm, there you go. So even yeah. the Bible kind of puts a little extra <laughs> emphasis on there about mm -hmm. that particular sin. And, and as we can see, it's it. if you look at some of the, I can't think of some of the articles I've read about it, but the fact that it has destroyed previous nations, previous societies, sexual mm -hmm. immorality. Mm -hmm. What are some ways, Paige, in which you feel that um, sexual immorality harms society? I, I guess to answer that question, I, I think people just become more hedonistic and like how I said earlier, how uh, eventually rape um, will become legal. I, I hate to say legal, but uh, it will not be a very criminal act anymore because the victim will obviously still feel like a victim. The perpetrator, it will not be such a big ordeal to them anymore. They'll be desensitized to invading a person's private space. I never thought about what you were saying with that, but <laughs> there goes a desensitization again with this um, because you're right. The further it goes, the more, the more uncontrolled it gets. Um, divorce, you know, we take, yeah. we go back to divorce. It destroys families. Yes. It destroys family units, you know, single households, single parenting households. The, the fact of the matter is, and people can argue it all they want. The scientific research is there and the statistics that two parent households of the opposite sex are in fact the healthiest yes. um, for raising children. They just are. I'm sorry. Yeah. Not saying you can't raise, be, you're not a good parent. You can be a mm -hmm. good parent if you're in a single household. You can be good parents in some ways, even if you're two mothers and two fathers. Mm -hmm. You can love your children and stuff, although you're causing harm in other areas. Right. Um, but all in all, they need a mother and a father. Right in that household, they they just do, and so when they don't have that, you have some children who they're emotionally scarred, and then they grow up to be grown ups, and they have a hard time raising children of their own in a healthy way. You know, they have a lot of baggage with them, a lot of hurt, a lot of anger, a lot of resentment. Um, all these things they affect people, they affect families because it doesn't. It, none of this happens in a vacuum. It affects all the people around us. Yeah especially yes. when you go to have families of your own. You know, we talk about generational curses. 
Mm -hmm. um, and that probably falls into that category as well. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, we, we have that. When God's boundaries are set aside like that, there's just so much confusion. No one's no one's healthy anymore mentally. Right. So exactly. many people with mental issues. And then they're supposed to lead lead countries, lead towns, and lead families and churches. And um, no, when we stray from the truth like that, we reject God and we reject his truth and we embrace all these lies. God gives us over to yes. sexual immorality. Right. Romans 1. Mm -hmm. um, it's a result of rejecting God. And so, and it specifically mentions homosexuality being given over to, mm -hmm. um, to what it is people crave and people desire. And so that's a, that's a result of God's wrath. Yep. Yep. That's why I say we're, we're under judgment right now in this, we're under judgment. Yes. For, for people to be so given over to this and celebrating it, Everywhere you turn and it being a, a good thing, so they say, yeah. that is a sign we've fallen under his judgment, his wrath for rejecting him. Yes, I would agree. I mean, look at our leader. We have a, definitely a wicked ruler. Yeah. And that's what, that's what uh, God did back in the Old Testament. He brought judgment by placing a, a wicked leader. Mm -hmm. That's know? right. So. That's right. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Leaders that can't think straight. Yes. They, they're depraved. Their thinking is just not rooted in reality. It's so sad. And they're just, they're liars. It, it amazes me what comes out of the mouths. Uh, and it's just lie after lie after lie. And you think, wow, blatant lies. They're not um, hard to detect lies. <laughs> they're just blatant, outright lies. Yes. And you think, wow, this is, this is bad. <laughs> so yeah. I don't know. I don't know if you have anything else to add, but that was just, I guess, a little trip through the normalization of <laughs> sexual immorality. And, and here we are today. Lawlessness has increased. People are angry. People are uh, confused. There's chaos. It's so sad. And people's bodies are being butchered. Oh, yeah. And altered. Yes. And, um, yeah, it's, uh, it's not a good place to be. But there is hope. There is hope. Amen. There, there, there is hope. There is Jesus. There is, there's repentance. It's, it's never too late to repent as long as you have your, your breath and your breathing, mm -hmm. you know, embrace what God says is good yes, and reject amen. what he says is, is not good. And it means setting aside our flesh, our fleshly desires, knowing and trusting that God knows best. He loves us. He knows what's best for us and he wants what's best for us. Exactly. Um, and he doesn't give us boundaries that we can't keep. Right. Uh, we need his help to keep them, but he doesn't give us boundaries that we're not capable of keeping. And these are good, healthy, loving, kind, wise boundaries. Yes. Yeah. But just watch out for your little ones, please. Those of you who are listening, please protect them. There's so much out there countering mm. the Bible, countering God's word, countering his commandments. Yes. And it's important to have those conversations with your children when they're little. Talk to them about their gender. Just just help them to embrace the gender that they are. Yes. Okay? Yeah. Help them to embrace their girlhood or their boyhood. Um, talk about all the wonderful things. And talk about all the wonderful things that 
that are opposite between girls and boys and how those are wonderful things too. Right. Because they are, God made us opposite for a reason. A lot of the things, the way we think, the way we look, the way we sound and act between, you know, men and women, um, they're, they're good things. God has a good plan Mm -hmm. through that, through those differences, but teach your kids to love their gender, to embrace their gender. Yes. Teach them kindness and empathy for children that are struggling with their gender or who may have two mommies or two daddies in their household. Mm -hmm. Um, Teach them to have love and empathy and, and, and to be kind to those children. Doesn't mean they have to agree with them. Right. They can still know that there, there's a problem there, that it's not normal. It's not right. But they can love their classmates or their friends at the same time. It's possible to do. Yes. Believe it or not, the world tells you you can't you can't do both. You can't disagree with someone and not approve of it and love them. Right. Yeah, you can. <laughs> Matter of fact, loving them. I mean, we you know when I go back to my family members, same sex wedding. You know, the sad part is my husband and I were the only two people truly loving them. Yes. And anybody else that maybe didn't go for the same reason we did. They were the only people truly loving these girls. Yeah. By the way. So, and hopefully one day they will see that. Maybe, maybe not. That's in, that's in God's hands, but yeah, yeah, I don't know. Any, any words of wisdom page for, for people that are listening? Uh, I would totally agree with what you were saying about uh, your children. Just, teaching them that uh, God does not make a mistake, that you are made uh, a boy or a girl for his special purpose, that your life has meaning. Um, You know, the the thing is um, with God's help, I mean, you can love who you are. You can love that you're a a boy or a girl. Like you said, as a parent, watch what your kids do. Uh, Talk to your kids about what their friends might be uh, talking about, you know, especially if their friends have a, have another mommy or another daddy um, encourage that, that dialogue between you as the parent and them as a child and explain to them what God's design of a mommy and a daddy should be. And just uh, let them know that it's okay to tell them the truth with love. You know, you can be gentle and be kind to them. And I'm talking about, these are the kids that have friends that have two mommies or two daddies. Um, you can encourage your kids to uh, just tell them the truth that God designed this, God designed that, especially to have them understand that there's hope that uh, I feel like I'm rambling on. <laughs> no, no, I'm listening. Nope. Nope. It's good. Um, let's see. And I would probably say, I, I guess it's hard for me because my, like I said, my kids are grown now and I didn't have to deal with this topic in my kids' schools. They were already out of high school when, when the transgender movement has started. But like I know my, like my daughter, when she played softball for high school, there were, there were some girls that were lesbians on the team Um, I know she didn't seem to struggle with that, but I know my daughter, uh, got curious one time when she was about 10 years old and we were not watching the laptop was in another room. And so she had gone into that room and did a search on, um, I forgot exactly what it was, but she, she kind of got onto some, uh, pornography website and, 
That's not hard to do. Uh, that, that was like, um, let's see, so she's 20, 27 now. So it was about, gosh, what, uh, 16, 17 years ago. <laughs> so think of the millions and millions of people yeah. that's a, um, infected <laughs> um, well, so far. Yeah. Wow. Well, okay. like, and not, not so you know, we, we caught her doing that. We had to sit her down and talk to her and explain to her that these were the, some things that we were not supposed to see. When we talk about private parts, then they need to be private. That means nobody else can see them except for mommy and daddy when there's a, an issue, when we need to take you to the doctor or whatever. I wasn't trying to shame her or anything, but I wanted her to know that there was a line that we don't cross, that we don't go view these websites. And, and, the, other, and the other thing too, our, our laptop got a lot of... Uh, I want, I want to say spamware, but um, <laughs> it got infected with bugs. Oh, she got <laughs> on that. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was crazy. I mean, we had to actually take it in and have it fixed, but um, <laughs> you know, just, and that was back then. Um, but uh, you know, it's important not to shame them and feel, well, it, it's important to make them uh, understand that this is not what we're supposed to be seeing uh, when it comes to pornography because, you know, because sin does bring about shame mm -hmm. and conviction. And that's good to have because it, we need to know that this is a, a wrong thing or a right thing, right? Morality. Yeah. And when we do something that is not what God teaches, and even though it's ingrained in all of us, whether believers or non-believers, morality is in all of us to some degree. Um for a believer speaking to a child who probably has not made the commitment to being a Christ follower, there needs to be, I think it's good in some ways to have that shame. That way you can explain to your child, okay, the, what you're feeling is what you need to express to God and tell God you're sorry for disobeying what his rules are. And uh, that would, that could be a good way of uh, leading that child into the gospel. But I, I know that's a, not a part of our discussion today. But No, but um, it's important. <laughs> it is. Yeah, it is important. Um, so maybe that, you know, that could be one way of teaching the, the child or at least telling them about what Jesus did as he died on the cross and how him dying for our sins. Uh, means that when we place our trust in Christ and we ask for forgiveness, that we can be uh, immediately forgiven by God and that our sins are washed away. doesn't mean that we're not going to sin anymore. We still will sin because we have this fleshly tent that we're living in uh, that will always have this tent until the day we die or until the day that we're glorified. In the meantime, we have to deal with this sin and the sin brings about uh, pornography and all the sexual immorality that we've been talking about. And so we need to have self-control. That's part of the fruits of the spirit. So uh, as a believer, and as you know, and as you have said um, that we, even as a believer, we can still slip up and go to these other paths of sexual immorality. And that's where, if we're believers, we need to turn away from that and stick to what God says is true and what, uh, what he uh, says is good for us by obeying what the scriptures say, by, by obeying what Jesus says. What does that say that uh, Jesus tells his disciples that the one who loves me is the one who obeys my commands? Um, mm -hmm. 
So it's a hard road, but uh, just ask for forgiveness every time we slip up, get back into reading our Bibles again, get back into having Bible studies with friends or talking with a, a godly wise counsel, or, you know, a, a preacher or your pastor can be a really good help or even somebody that they have designated as a, as a biblical counselor that can be very helpful. So that's great. No, that's exactly. Um, <laughs> seek someone out, right? Don't, don't yes. go this alone. Um, whether it's pornography or any sexual immorality issue you may be struggling with, go to someone who, um, who's biblically, biblically grounded. Yes. That's, that's <laughs> very good advice. Thank you so much Paige for that. But um, it's a fight. We're in a fight. We're in a battle, mm -hmm. right? Satan is pulling out all the stops. Time is short and he knows exactly where to get people. And he's, he's smart. <laughs> he's yeah, sly. Yeah. He, he's been uh, studying people for 6,000 years. Exactly. So. And he's been very patient, but I think his patience is running out. You can yes. tell. Um, he's pulling out all the stops. So mm -hmm. we got to protect our little ones, like I said. And if you have kids in school, please be in touch with their school and go to the school board meetings. Demand to know what they're being taught and talk to your kids about what they've been taught. Yeah. You know, ask them what stories they heard or anything or what books they read in school. You know, just right. all kinds of things like that. You got to keep that communication open. And you know what, in that uh, pornography uh, video, I'll send you the link, like I said, but in that pornography video from Tim Barnett, he does talk about, there are some really great, where, where you can load software onto your, either your iPhone. Them. Yes, okay. yes, yes, yes. Yeah. yeah, to protect to pro them from getting onto one of those sites, a yes. filter, that was called yes. a filter yes. or something. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. There you go. And you, you have to have one these days. Mm-hmm. But the problem is, unfortunately, kids with their cell phones, they're giving them to them at young, younger and younger ages. These kids are having, you know, iPhones mm -hmm. and smartphones. And it's like, <laughs> talk about having access to every bit of garbage out there. You know, it's it's dangerous. Our poor children. But Paige, thank you so much for coming on and hanging out with me and talking about this with me. It's well, It's really been wonderful. Well, thank you so much for everything you do. I mean, your podcast is uh, probably one of my favorite. Well, it's, it is one of my favorites, but uh, everything you do, I so agree with everything you've said in every video, every podcast I've uh, listened to of yours. Um, keep doing what you're doing. I just want to encourage you to just keep doing what you're doing. Well, thank you. I really appreciate that. It's nice to get encouragement here and there. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it really is. Once in a while, I'll get an email from someone who it's funny because usually when I get an email, it's centered around one of my LGBT episodes. <laughs> um, you know, I had one girl that she wanted to write a book about the rainbow. And, you know, she'd been following me on Instagram for quite a while. But she goes, I started with episode 49, Take Back the Rainbow. And it was just everything you said was, you know, yeah, she's doing a book or whatever. But we got to speak truth. Mm -hmm. into the best of our ability. We've, we've got to speak truth and, and hope and leave it in God's hands. Just speak it, live it out, speak it, and then let God bring the people to, yeah. to hear it or whoever he puts in our lives or whoever he brings to the podcast to listen. He knows he's sovereign over all. Mm -hmm. You know, he gets people to where they need to be. Um, but we have to be speaking it. We have to speak it. And it's so hard. I get it. I get it. You're attacked at every angle. I get it. 
Mm-hmm. Amen. But yeah, thank you again, Paige, so very much. Um, so we have talked for <laughs> it's been, it's been almost four. It's been three hours and forty minutes. Wow. Um, obviously, not in one session. So um, a lot of editing to do here. But <laughs> but it's it's been great. We covered a lot. And for those of you who are listening, you'll you'll, you'll have the edited version. So. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, no, thank you so very much. Um, all right, Paige, thank you so very much for for joining me. And um, it's been it's such a pleasure speaking with you. I really enjoy having you on. And I'm sure we'll be back together to tackle something else as well in the near future. So I've I've thoroughly enjoyed talking to you and, and doing the uh, the research for this, all this information that you and I've talked about. So um, what an honor to be on your show. So thank you. The pleasure's all mine. You take care. You too. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right. And there you have it, folks. Thank you again, Paige Cervantes, for joining me for this series. I really enjoyed having her here, and I do hope to have her back. Um, I think in the future, we're going to do an episode about lukewarm Christianity. So I know there was a lot in these last three episodes, and we only touched upon certain certain things, and we dove deeper into others, and that was intentional. But the bottom line, after all is said and done, is that we need to protect our children, our grandchildren, those we know and love from this awful slope that we have just slipped down into. It didn't happen overnight. But I got to tell you, the speed at which they're traveling this slippery slope has greatly increased. And at the end of it is a bottomless pit. Okay, it's a deep, dark pit that some will never get out of. But as I've said over and over, the lies are becoming more complex And I'm seeing people that just aren't bothering to find out for themselves to look underneath the rock, lift it up and see what's going on. And so meanwhile, their their children, their loved ones, they are succumbing to this because we can't teach, we can't give our kids what we don't have. That's why we need to really do all we can to protect our children in our homes. Um... I know, you know, not everyone has the option of not sending their children to public schools. And there are some really good, good teachers in the public schools. I know a couple of them right within my family, but they are also at the mercy of and beholden to the government, the system, the woke ideologies. Um, In many ways, their hands are tied. So we need to just take care of this at home. Let's not forget how much time our children are spending away from us during the day, whether it's at daycares, babysitters, um, public schools, wherever, Um, private schools, even private schools have their problems. Trust me, they do. Private Christian schools. We need to take responsibility at home. It's not the teacher's job to protect our children in those ways or, or educate them. We need to educate them. Although there's teachers that are taking this into their own hands, teaching them these horrible woke ideologies, this sexual perversion. Um, and it's, it's in the books, in the schools and in the libraries. And 
so it, it's it's everywhere, as we mentioned before, social media, magazines, children's books. There's so many books out there that are teaching these children to affirm gender dysphoria, that it's okay to, you know, that love is love. It's okay if two women or two men love and marry each other and, and have sexual relations with each other. It's it's out there. It's everywhere. As that song said, they are, the San Francisco Gay Men's Choir admitted, we're coming for your children. They're coming for your children. They've come. They're here. And they're not going anywhere soon. Okay? So please. And so I'm going to mention, being that one little candle, here's how you can start. Get my books. Check out my books. Read my books from lovingtruthbooks.com. They are free. They're free for anyone who wants access to view or download, okay? They're free. I don't want anyone to not be able to, because of finances, um, be denied access to this because we need to get to our children first. I feel like I should have named the series of books Get There First, really. Um, but we need to get there first and instill them with God's truths. There's four books so far that are available. Um, there's two of them on gender. There's two of them on God's design for marriage. And there's two age groups that I have them for. You'll see when you when you go on there and hover over the book with your cursor, it tells you the age groups. And there's another one coming soon to give children a healthy perspective on race on skin color, okay? Just to instill in them the importance of judging others and deciding about them based on their character, not their skin color. No preferential treatment based on skin color. No non-preferential treatment based on skin color. So um, that's for the younger group. And then we're going to have one is for an older group as well. And then I also have another uh, book coming out about Israel, uh, teaching children a love of Israel. So Keep an eye out for those, but please read the books. Read them with your children. These books are not meant to be just handed off to your children. Here you go. Nope. You need to read them with your children. I have resources in the backs of the books. You just click on the links. It'll take you there to further educate you, mom and dad, uh, grandparents, whoever, to further educate you on this subject matter. And these are resources that I have checked out myself. So anyway, that's how you can be that light in the darkness. That's what I'm saying for this week. Again, this isn't this isn't about money or anything else because it's free. It's free. So please, please make use of it and share it with other parents as well to take the time and get to their children first with these things because it's easier to instill the foundation to begin with than to try to have to undo a different foundation and knock down all that that's been set through lies, through the ungodly belief system that is out there. So please do that. Um, you can follow One Little Candle on Instagram at One Little Candle Podcast. Also check out my webpage, onelittlecandlepodcast.com. There are links to other uh, previous guests and their ministries, links to other helpful ministries that I like to follow. And you can also actually from onelittlecandlepodcast.com, you can click the link there for the children's books and that'll take you to lovintruthbooks.com. It's L-O-V-I-N truthbooks.com. So please check that out. Okay, song for the day. And I just want to say this before I tell you the song for the day. We are in a spiritual battle. I think 
We all know that this is spiritual warfare. The ultimate enemy is Satan. He is using people, of course, to fight his his battles against the truth of God. And But we know that God is still in control. Even though everything seems out of control, God has a bigger plan in mind. So that being said, we need to trust God in his sovereignty, that he is still in control, and remember who God is in all of this, and that one day every knee will bow before him and confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Every knee will bow before the lion and the lamb. Some knees may not want to bow, but they will be um, taking a knee (laughs) one day. Um, So that is, so the song for today is by Big Daddy Weave, and it's called The Lion and the Lamb, and I hope it really encourages you have a listen to it. Okay, my friends, until next time, you take care, and God bless.